Hi, I'm Crispin Mayfield, and this is a crossover episode between the Holy Ghosting podcast and the Prophetic Imagination Station podcast. We're going to get to the episode in just a minute, but just wanted to let you know that we ran into some audio issues in the first 10 minutes or so of recording. So please know it does get better a few minutes into the episode. Just hang tight with us a little bit. We didn't want to cut it because we didn't want you to miss some important parts of the episode. Thank you, and here's the episode. Welcome to a crossover mini-series between the Prophetic Imagination Station and the Holy Ghosting Podcast. I am here, Crispin Mayfield. I'm from the Prophetic Imagination Station Podcast, and I'm here with Lindsay Stranigan. Lindsay Stranigan, your sister-in-law. We've never done a podcast together. This is the ultimate crossover episode, guys. Get ready. You and DL were going to do it, and then DL was like, that is too much for me. <laughs> too, too triggering. So right. we are jumping headfirst. We're diving in, mm-hmm. as Stephen Chris Chapman would say. <laughs> yes. I was listening to WOW 1996 on the way over here to get in the... Of course the, you were. Right, of course you to were. To get in the, in the groove. Um, yeah, we. this series is called Too Many Cults. Uh, you'll have to explain that one. Yeah, this, I believe, is the brainchild of DL uh, and myself. Uh, We are obsessed with the uh, YouTube phenomenon, uh, Too Many Cooks. So I hope that you'll see. If you haven't seen it, please go watch it right now. Um, Too many cooks. I wish I could be there watching you, watching someone watch Too Many Cooks for the first time is a spiritual experience. But DL and our family and Chris, we've all talked for a long time about the various cults that we have kind of been a part of or adjacent to, namely evangelicalism, but also YWAM. I mean, I think the True Love Waits movement is a cult. I mean, cult adjacent. There's so many things that we, I mean, you guys interchange in Minneapolis uh-huh. <laughs> like even me with being I worked in the music industry and that has some real culty vibes to it and so when we saw that the uh Duggars had a docu-series coming out we thought that this might be the perfect opportunity to talk about the Duggar family and how actually they were very culty and that they're not actually that dissimilar from how we were raised. Yes, exactly. And uh, speaking of the Duggars and the title, one of our Patreon members was like, you should have called it 19 Colts and Counting. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which is a good title That's as very well. Maybe that'll be the title of this episode. I don't know. <laughs> something like that. We just, the too many Colts thing, it's not going to make sense to many people, but it makes sense to us and right. we love it. So sorry, yeah. not sorry. I mean, it is a cult hiding in plain sight. That is what one of the sort of talking heads in this documentary said. Um, and so we want to talk about that. We want to talk about, like, this is the 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 things that we see with the Duggars. I know that they were this reality TV show phenomenon. Um, but they really, like, if it, digging into it, I'm like, I didn't have 19 kids in my family. If you remove that part, a lot of the rest of it just feels incredibly familiar. Yes. Creepily familiar. Uh, yeah, I didn't have a gajillion siblings and I didn't wear pantaloons. Right. That's And then the rest, like, those are the only points of divergence. Yeah, I'm like, oh, homeschooled? Check. Uh, super, like, traditional gender roles? Check. Uh, believed that the outside world was harmful and dangerous and we needed to be sheltered from everything? Check. I mean, the list goes on. We will get into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is our first attempt at a recap podcast, so we'll see how this goes. I took extensive notes, guys. So I want to just know, like, gut reaction. First episode. What do you think? How do you? How did you feel after you watched it? I felt enraged. Um, <laughs> yep. Yep. And like, it's just interesting. Like the, I, I think part of the rage came at the end of the episode because it talks about abuse, which, by the way, um, you know, we could we we're calling it too many cults. Also, we could call it too much trauma. Um, there are levels and levels of trauma in this uh, religious trauma. Um, uh, sexual abuse. Um, so we want to throw that, put that all out at the beginning. Um, and I think what was really hard is you, uh, for me, kind of first gut reaction going through the the episode 
um, was sort of getting to like the people that are interviewed and like feeling akin to them. And then like you kind of get towards the end and they're like, we can't talk about this. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the culty dysfunctional family part comes out and it made me really angry. Yeah. They're willing to talk shit about it to a certain level. And then mm-hmm. when it gets more complicated and more traumatic, they're, they just, they are either unable or unwilling to right. talk about it. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty gnarly. So it goes back. I did not know a lot about the Duggar family. Honestly, I didn't really ever watch the show. I was aware of it and I knew that they got very popular from it. And I was far enough outside of evangelicalism like i hadn't left but that version especially i was like not for me so i just sort of rolled i remember getting into arguments actually with a childhood friend who was like into the duggars and i was like oh my gosh those people are even Mm. though at that time i was still going to evangelical church but i think i was like an evangelical who was voting for obama at that point Uh. so i had no idea like jim bob is the dad (laughs) remember what's the mom's name they like never say her name i know that they do because women don't matter Mm -hmm. in in this version of christianity and jim bob and woman Uh, woman who pumped out 19 children right i'm i'm uh i'm looking it up right now where's our where's our intern google is not uh, michelle michelle okay i mean the whole time her voice like is that right like i mean when she's holding a microphone right but she always just so soft-spoken uh-huh oh yeah. my gosh yeah so yeah jim bob and michelle it goes back to when they met they got married when she was 17 years old mm-hmm. fun fact not creepy at all and then um apparently did believe in birth control at the beginning of their marriage and they claim that so they had one child she wanted birth control after that child and she had a miscarriage that they say was due to birth control and then they prayed to god for forgiveness and she went off the pill for the rest of her life and pumped out 18 more children so before we even get into the the pregnancy marriage part it's interesting how they met so she was not a Christian. Oh, that's right. Remember? Yeah. And then, like, he met her. And she, she was sort said of, she it, had gotten, she, her quote, I believe, was she had gotten into some of that boyfriend girlfriend stuff. Whoa. She really went down a dark, dark path, guys. <laughs> she was a cheerleader. <laughs> oh, heaven forbid. Right. And so then she got introduced to Jimbo, who, Jimbo, Jim Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just call, call him Jimbo sometimes. Yep. Yep. Um, who, uh, in her words, what like opened her eyes to the word of God for like yes. hours on end? Four and she hours. Got, they taught. He read the word to her, and then she what got romance. on her knees and right. accepted Jesus yep. into yep. her heart. If that doesn't fill your heart with butterflies and romance, I don't know what will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the their start. Yeah, and. Fast forward, he dabbles in Republican politics for a bit, which I didn't know. It makes complete sense. Once right. I- and he had like 10 kids at that point, right? And right. would like just bring them all to like the, the, was it Colorado, I think? So he was like working at the Capitol and would bring all of his kids with him yeah. some of the time. And yeah. one of his kids most of the time. Yeah, and they were saying the pros of homeschooling was that they could just bring their schoolwork with them and just do it in the Capitol building. I also loved when they were like poor, when they were younger, he was working like three jobs and said they always went to restaurants where kids ate free. And they they were very proud that they said that they put some of those establishments out of business right. was like the family joke. I was like, yeah, 19 kids eating for free. That's a You'd change your policy really quick. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just the, the restaurants in that town, wherever they lived, where, like, they all changed, I'm sure. Yeah. And I so would it, hope. It sound from uh, what I gathered from the documentary is that they got some prominence or they got some notice after he ran for senator and lost. Mm-hmm. And But there was a picture of him and the whole crew, all their children. I don't know how many they had at this point. It's very hard to keep track. Just no... They have. They end up with nineteen yes. at some point, but Lord knows how many they have at any one of these points. Right. I mean, that's the and counting part. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, can just count. You can count on them always be counting more. <laughs> yes. So. Yes. I mean, they said at some point, like, uh, we just gave. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. We gave that area over to our life, and God just blessed us with it which just means that you had sex without using protection or birth control 
and had kids. Uh-huh. Also, I was just like, so what happens to people who have, like, fertility issues or can't or have problems? Like, they don't... It's, like, wild to me that she had that many kids and, like, didn't have more medical complications that right. she didn't, you know? Like... Oh, my gosh. That's a whole, that's a whole different can of worms. But essentially... They were part of and part of their mission and why they were having so many children um, before they had goals of being on television. That wasn't really a goal of theirs. It was all came from Bill Gothard and his IB, what, the Institute of... IBLP? IBLP, the Institute of Basic Life Principles. I kind of mm-hmm. can't believe it's not biblical life principles. I know. That's what I thought. I had I... to do a double take. I was like, basic? Like th- Also, this does not feel basic. Basic instructions for... <laughs> um yeah and if you want to know what culty feels like let me tell you do a little deep dive i mean this documentary is kind of laying it out like everyone looks the same they dress the same the women have to be in long dresses you can't show your shoulders you um even with the duggars they their girls wore dresses and with with literal pantaloons underneath them dresses was not modest Mm-hmm. enough and the boys didn't really seem to have much of a dress code but at least at the institute they're all wearing like shirts and ties right yeah i mean it is funny because like the i was thinking about this the boys just look like a like from that era they're wearing polo shirts with yeah. you know like whatever one thing i was thinking about with this idea of like you know populating this army of voters is like one way like one aspect of it um i think they would say that you know influence in the world is beyond that but it reminds me um dl and i went to a missions conference not that long ago like i want to say like 10 years or something maybe 12 years um and uh josh mcdowell who wrote more than a carpenter right um you know common name he did this video about uh it was quote unquote missions and it was about how many Muslims were moving to the U S versus how many Christians, which meant white people were having kids. Like it is, that is white Christian nationalism. It is like racism. It is like, and this is, this is the thing. Well, yeah. And I, I heard this in my childhood. I knew people, white evangelicals who were having more babies because we were getting outnumbered. Mostly. I think I heard it in terms of talking about, Muslims mm. and you know t- terrorists taking over the world for crying out loud but uh, in general also just uh, they, the Duggars even say it in this first episode that like overpopulation is a myth right they say that a couple times and of course they don't back it up with any no, fact I, they said the whole world could fit in the city limits of Jacksonville Florida yes, at some and I was point like, I need to fact check that because there's no fucking way that like right. billions of people could fit in Jackson. No, if you like laid them on top of each other and everyone was suffocating and uh-huh. it, you stacked them to the heavens, that sure, sure, Duggars. Uh, I mean, with that idea of like you raise your kids homeschooled or you raise them in this you know evangelical Christian setting and then they will vote for Republicans. I'm thinking of the people listening to this who may have been raised in that setting. How did that work out for your parents? <laughs> Is a good question. I'm sitting right here in my Protect Trans Kids uh, t-shirt. It worked out great for my parents, let me tell you. I'm the only one who even... I go to church for crying out loud. I'm the only one of my three homeschooled, sheltered sisters that do. And I'm like Christian-ish. I'm I'm Episcopal. So, you know, we're... Right. We, we, uh, we like God and the gays. Uh, yeah, it's... I think that's the thing that we want to get into today is... We'll get into more of the Duggars, but sort of looking at this from the lens of... This is not they are not outliers. I was homeschooled until ninth grade. And then I and then I went to Christian high school and Christian college. <laughs> and, I mean, and yet I still grew up to have my own beliefs and to vote for Democrats. And I only have one child, so I am not doing a very good job at populating the world for the <laughs> Lord. So uh I mean, you how was your how does your childhood stack up next Yeah, time? I mean it is funny because I was homeschooled until second grade, which is not a lot, but I have like I mean, my parents homeschooled me, which tells you something. My dad was a teacher in public schools and was like, I'm going to shelter my children until it got too hard and then (laughs) sent me to school. Um, But yeah, it it is not like, you know, there's four of us and it was, it's been, no, I was going to say a 50-50 split in a way. Uh, My sister and I are both like pretty liberal and progressive. Uh, My brother works for the Air Force. Um, and is 
uh, I think, pretty conservative. And my uh, youngest sister, I think, is the only one who's really stayed, like, evangelical. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, maybe that's another strategy. Have as many kids as you can. And, oh, like, and a couple know. of them are, might turn out. Right, exactly. You have yeah. better chances of at least having one or two. Yeah. Ugh, that was a thing, too. I don't know. So, in, in the documentary, only one of the Duggar children has come forward. And she's uh, – Jill is the one being mm-hmm. interviewed. And um, it's pretty interesting that out of all those kids, she's the only one that was willing to speak on this issue. And I'm so curious as they get older, because for us in my family, I'm 41. And a lot of this stuff sort of are realizing a lot of our religious trauma and all these things has happened in the last five years, Mm -hmm. if not less. So I'm very curious as those kids get older. It's I'm sure a couple of them will stay, but I think the world is so big. And when you realize the things that were taken from you and the toxic messages that you were told. Yeah, it, it's buck wild. And I really hope that for those kids, I guess I, we will see. Time will tell. I don't know. Maybe they'll interview other kids. But we're, we're episode one in. We're, right. We met the Duggars. Which I think it brings up something like we are not Duggars experts. We are Mm-mm. not like we are just like watching this this series and, and talking about it. So right. just want to put that out there. like and Talking about how culty it is, but more specifically how culty evangelicalism is and uh, you know my family was not a bill gothard family we did not adhere to the institute of basic life principles but i knew a lot of families who did in fact our our best friend so we lived in alaska for a while when we were kids and just i want you to like think about living in alaska in uh what was this the mid 80s being homeschooled my dad's a pastor like we are only surrounded by like christian homeschoolers and this family they lived out in the middle of nowhere and all they did was like fish and hunt and i mean it was fun like their oldest daughter she had sled dogs i mean they they were like total outdoorsy but they were also complete wackadoos who loved conspiracy theories like we watched waco unfold live on their tea at their house they were like riveted they watched the whole thing go down oh my gosh it was what and i i still today i couldn't tell you how many kids because like after we moved away she they kept having kids Uh like there was a son my age and he was like my best friend but yeah they were like and I remember my parents always were a little bit like, oh, that's a little too... Because my mom was not going to adhere to that. My mom wanted <laughs> right. to like wear wacky clothes and jewelry, and she was not going to... I can hardly remember my mother wearing dresses. It was just not her vibe. But just the <laughs> fact that they were so closely associated with Bill Gothard people and just... Ugh, it didn't get... I don't know. I'm hoping the documentary will get into the like discipline tactics, because that's the other thing that we... like. If you were raised in a Dr. Dobson household, mm-hmm. you were basically raised in a Gothard household, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. Like, I how- mean, that I'm reading Dare to Discipline by Dr. Dobson right now. And watching this documentary, it's the same thing. And it is coming from the same place, which they talk about in the documentary, that like this is uh, following like women's rights movement, mm-hmm. civil rights movement. Like, um, I mean, Gothard at some point says, like, everyone everyone wants to be equal these days. But that's not how God set it up. God set up the structure of authority. And that is exactly what Dobson said. And I don't know. I know that Dobson had such a wide reach um, on just mainstream evangelicalism. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, exactly where Gothard fits in this. But my point is they are very parallel. It's all about obedience. Mm -hmm. It's all about respecting authority. You cannot ask questions. I mean, it's it's so – I don't know. I've seen this video going around on TikTok where there's, like, children and they're, like, singing really happy and they're, like, shaking maracas. And it's, like, children obey. And it's just, like – and then they just go, obey, 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 obey. This please the lord and it's so it's so creepy and i watched it and i was like this is the coldiest shit i have ever seen children just happily singing about Mm -hmm. blind obedience like how well i mean that's what dobson and bill gothard talk about is like he i mean they both literally say like if we don't raise our children this way like they're not going to obey the government they're not going to obey the police they are not you know and it's like yeah yeah so why is it so important to you that everybody obeys the police and obeys the government like especially if you're trying to be in the government like we know why this is right like yeah it's so and it's not and it is absolutely no wonder the like the culture of abuse that has come out of it it's just like when you are 
you talk about people who should be talking about grooming. It's like, you know what grooms children? It, conditioning them to blindly obey authority and never ask questions and just go along with, you know, mm-hmm. those figures, especially these these male figures. And right. it, it touched on, uh, the documentary mentioned something about the accusations against Bill Gothard. I am not super familiar. I know accusations have been lodged against him. Obviously, we'll get into it in a little bit. There are the accusations about the eldest Duggar son, which mm-hmm. are gnarly. Is there... I guess, is there anything else we need to get into before we am trying? So one of the things about homeschooling, like thinking about this, and you mentioned being homeschooled, being in Christian school, it reminded me of at one point, um, one of the people that are being interviewed, they were like, I wasn't taught math. I was taught slut shaming because they were <laughs> talking about in the textbooks, like these, you know, things about like human sexual. No, human sexuality isn't the right term. They were talking about how women should behave and dress so as Mm -hmm. to not tempt men, right? It did remind me of being at Bible college and being in a math class. It was not slut-shaming, but it was like our professor being like, I know you all have a lot on your plate, so I'll just give you the answers and we'll have a prayer time. (laughs) It also reminded me of my in my master's uh, program to become a therapist, to become a counselor. I took a trauma class. It was like a weekend trauma. Like, here's how you treat trauma. She taught us how to cast out demons (gasps) in like this master's level program. Uh, She got in big trouble. I think that she was like not asked to come back. (laughs) I mean. For good reason. Good. Yeah. But that is like, when I thought about that, I'm like, that is what happens. Like, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about your experience, but it's just wild to think about like. For me, Christian education was not a positive thing. Mine was fine, I think, because I'm um, very self-motivated. Mm. And so I, di- I was probably going to succeed in whatever school environment uh-huh. I was yeah. put in. You know, I was just going to do what I needed to do to get the grades. I do think it sounds like the next episode, too, we'll get into because Bill Gothard made his own homeschool curriculum, which is what the Duggars and many other people use again. My family, I don't believe, ever used a Gothard curriculum that the the family I was talking about in Alaska did. Mm. Um, and so I'm very curious if they'll get into more of like what they were like using as school. Um, I did see too in the preview it's talking about all the people who like defended Bill Gothard. It's all the Kirk Camerons and the, uh-huh. uh, Ken Ham praised them. I'm like, oh, if Kim Ham's on their side, you know, right? You know, of it's course. going great. So back back to sort of the the episode quickly sort of like where they go so when they're young they're poor he gets into politics they get kind of discovered from this picture of their growing family and they do a couple like one-off one-hour episodes uh, where they're featured and people are just very fascinated by their lives but then we enter into the tlc era which is funny they did bring up the point of um tlc was the learning channel and i remember in its heyday when it had the little people and when it had john and kate plus say like all these i was like how is this a learning channel we i i have always thought it stood for tender loving care <laughs> and i thought that it was like it, I thought that it started off like being tender, loving care. Like, if we're going to just like look at these people's lives in this almost like Hallmark Channel way, and then it went off the rails. I did not know that it started as the learning channel. And it started with what? The Discovery Network or what? Yeah, the Discovery yeah. Channel. Yes. That actually like was where it started. Their which launching is, point. Yes. Fuck well. You sweet summer child, by the way. That's like the most crispin interpretation of what TLC is. No, the learning channel that we didn't learn shit other than seeing <laughs> seeing <laughs> families. I mean, the wild thing is, so the show ended up being wildly popular. People were absolutely fascinated with the Duggar family. I don't know how many seasons they it ended up running. It ran for a very long time mm-hmm. um, and was one of the anchors of the channel. Uh, made them money, made the family a lot of money. Again, I'm sure we'll get into that in later episodes. We're just meeting the Duggars in this episode. Um, and the the wild thing is that, so the Duggar family themselves did not have radio or television in their home. They didn't believe in having it. And what I thought was very interesting is that this, when asked about this, they responded that um, that this is a ministry, which is why they're okay with it. And man, let me tell you, in evangelicalism, anything is okay if it's done in the name of ministry, right? When you're like 
in evangelical, you're like anything that gets the message out yep. there that like, you know, gets you in front of more people that like, you know, which is funny because it's that whole thing of like, you know, we're going to make Jesus famous as though like. Oh, as though he's not already. Exactly. Like it, I was telling you, it reminded me of like P.O.D. or Switchfoot on the late night show and being like, yeah, like, they, you know, here's a Christian band that like they're getting the message out there, you right. know. As long as they're not signing to a secular label because then they're like selling out. They're not going to be as um, their songs aren't going to be so much about God. Because that's the thing about the Duggars. They didn't uh, they never compromised on mm-hmm. those traditional family values. They were really living out their values on the TV screen. And so, yeah, it became, apparently, they were very helpful to Bill Gothard and to the Institute as they call it, or I- IBLP as they mm-hmm. say over and over again in the episode. And basically, the show became PR for Bill Gothard's Institute, which is what, because they were so in it and they became the stars, not only of the show, but of Bill Gothard's organization. And they spoke at conferences. They They mm-hmm. would do all these things. So it really brought a lot of attention to, which is interesting because in my mind, I thought a lot of those things kind of went, I kind of thought that they like died with my childhood, if that Uh makes sense. Because as you grow older, you're like, no way there are people still like dressing their children like this and like sheltering them in the freaking woods and not letting them have any access to secular culture. I mean, that's the thing about these kids. Like I had some access, you know, like this Mm -hmm. is why I'm saying my my family wasn't a full-blown like my dad listened to the Beatles, you know, uh-huh. so we had, right. I mean, it was only worship music in the car or Rush Limbaugh, but like there was the, like, I remember, I loved the song Walk Like an Egyptian when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like there was mm-hmm. a few, you know, Phil Collins. My dad would always work out listening to Phil Collins. That I'll is, never forget that. That is so funny <laughs> and funny to imagine your dad. I know. Who I know. I can feel it. Pumping iron. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a great song, so. Right. Yeah. I mean, no shade at Phil Collins. Uh, I was similar in that same way of like, there were the Disney movies that like we weren't allowed to Mm -hmm. watch, but we had some Disney movies that we could. Pocahontas. Yes. For opposite reasons why I won't watch it now. (laughs) It was that like the tree was witchcraft, not the like total problematic historical. I wasn't allowed to watch The Hunchback of Notre Dame because it made the church look bad. (gasps) Wow. To which I say the church makes itself look bad. True that. Yeah. Yeah. It is a little bit separate, but it's still there. And it is wild. Bill Gothard was really like, you know, had a lot of influence, started out in what, the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. So it's wild to think like this is like 2008, you know, and onward. Yeah. So, um, and one of the things too, uh, it, it just, it's interesting. Like, um, they do, You know, they talk to various like kind of people that are focused on religion, but they also have someone that they interview that talks about reality TV and like where this fits. And it really was one of the shows that really built up TLC. Um, And I thought it was really interesting. Uh, She points out that they're really like performing gender, which is not surprising when you think about the Duggars. What really surprised me is she made the point that um, most reality TV does this. Yeah. And most reality TV really appeals to these like conservative ideals, and and if it's like The Bachelor, then it, which you're more the expert on here. Uh, yeah, I am like the, uh, I don't know what to call myself, the unofficial uh, Bachelor expert of Portland, Oregon. Just kidding. No, but I watch far too much Bachelor content. Uh, it started as a hate watch. I don't even know that I could call it that anymore. <laughs> but it, it is. I hate how. Traditional, it still is. And those, it, yeah, the gender roles that are, they don't know how to step outside that box. It drives, mm-hmm. it drives me crazy, but I can't look away. So. Yeah. And we just both watched uh, Love is Blind and have been talking about that. And again, it's like, it, I felt that ickiness. Like, And it's not the Duggars, obviously. It's like <laughs> people scantily clad and whatever. But like, it still appeals to the, that same like gender roles thing. yeah traditional family values all, mm-hmm. all of that uh, i will also say dl doesn't watch love is blind so crispin texts me about it because right. i'm his trash reality tv sister-in-law so exactly <laughs> yeah i mean those traditional family values thing i was at one point they were talking about um yeah just like how this was sort of a lightning rod 
to people that were looking for that, right? Mm-hmm. So um, in this, you know, world that's gone crazy, uh, like we're, you know, like the Duggars for a lot of people are like really drawn to it. And um, I remember seeing this clip in this documentary of this middle school, middle school girl holding like a Duggars book about mm-hmm. them or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Um, and she was like, I just love them because of their core values. Oh, that's right. Like what child says core values? I was going to ask you, were you the kind of kid that no. would have? I totally was. <laughs> like I, I was the kid in sixth grade, George of the Jungle came out and I told my parents like, I don't like there. It's a remake, but I don't think we can watch it because he's wearing a necklace <gasps> and men are not supposed to wear necklaces. Wow. And my parents were actually like, no, it's fine. <laughs> like, you can chill out. You're being too conservative. Right. No, I was I was always a little bit uh, – I didn't always play by the rules. So mm-hmm. I was uh, I was always looking for my way out, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I was all in. Like, my would- mom gave me a copy of I Kissed Dating Goodbye in high school, and I, like, read it to placate her. But I had a – boyfriend who i had already made out with a whole bunch and i was just like i i don't know what you want me and i remember telling my mom was like yeah mom i'm not going to wait till marriage to kiss someone like i'm just not Mm -hmm. they did i heard a girl in the episode say something too right yeah yeah she was getting an autograph and she's like i want to have my first kiss but don't want to have my first kiss till i'm married too and yeah yeah yeah. because that was too like the idea of courtship again was a little kind of fringe but then the joshua joshua harris sort of brought it mm-hmm. back in i'm like i wasn't raised being told i couldn't date there was a lot of bizarre rules around dating and there was a lot of like fear about it and obviously sex was a huge no-no but then when sex wasn't talked about so but i just thought it was funny that my parents were like if you do want to wait till marriage to kiss and i was just like too late sorry <laughs> like, and also no <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I just think it was funny that my mom was like, so maybe. And I was just like, yeah, no, Mm. that's not a – I read it, and I was just not into it. Yeah, I was was all in, um, and which is, you know, why I married DL. (laughs) Because we're a couple of people that were all in. So when they they talked about Josh Duggar, who we'll talk about in a minute, but he started the – the boys Christian outreach team, which when you cross the words or letters, they made it spell boycott. Yeah. Which is the most evangelical thing ever, ever. to boycott. They things. love a good boycott. They don't love cancel culture, but they love a boycott. <laughs> right. Exactly. Tell me how it's different again. Yeah. It's not. It reminded me of being in high school and, um, creating my own club it was le- it was more progressive than that it was to help ho- homeless people we oh, didn't actually nice. do that but i created it oh. <laughs> um and i titled it lost the plot which is a newsboys song yes, from the take I me loved leader that song uh-huh yeah because it's all about like how you're being bad christians and nobody's gonna know that god is love because you've lost the plot mm, yeah um, and so I, yeah, I created my own, uh, club. So I, I resonated with that in a way. <laughs> Yours was just a little less fundy. That's the thing is that they were like uber fundamentalists and we were just like pretty standard fundamental, but we were mm-hmm. fundamentalists. That's the thing that I like, the more that I realized things like this, like we were not that it, it's easy to look at people like the Duggars and maybe even like laugh at them. Or I think people watched them because they were fascinated. And yeah, like in in the episode, they were showing like how they did their laundry. Yeah, am I interested? How do you do laundry for twenty one people? That's mm-hmm. bonkers. I can't keep up with the laundry for three people. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I guess they just were putting their children to work at a certain point. So I was thinking about that, like yeah. how we were raised versus how we're raising our kids is yeah. a huge difference. Yeah, um, yeah, my kid does nothing. <laughs> <laughs> she feeds the dogs. Um. um one of the things when we look at when we think about like pantaloons or having a TV in your house or not, mm-hmm. right? Like those are these outside markers that really make it feel culty and I think what's different about evangelicalism is like you can in a lot of ways look very similar to like other families, you know, that aren't Christians. Mm-hmm. But these like rules of like authority and submission and um, God needing you to be good all the time. And you really learn like the the boundaries aren't external in terms of what you wear so much like that mm-hmm, is part mm-hmm. of it. 
It's more like internal of like having your thoughts policed. Like you all the time thinking about like, am I honoring God? Am I being a witness? Am I like do Am I being a good Christian? But that's all like internal. It's not like I wear a bonnet or something like that. Yeah. that like I'm, I'm not saying that people that wear bonnets are always cults <laughs> to be clear, <laughs> but like a lot of cults have these like, l- you know, long dresses or whatever. Right. And in evangelicalism, um, it's not the external markers, but internally it is exactly like this. And again, like Gothard and Dobson are like ideological brothers. There's like so little difference to right. me. And and the external markers on those are just this the whole idea of traditional family values, exact what a family should look like, what how children should behave, what I mean, even how mental health should be treated, how you should mm-hmm. educate your kid. I mean, all these things. It is it's very insular and it is really I think the thing that I have learned about evangelicalism is it's just and the way I was raised, it's so separated from the real world. There's mm-hmm. just so much that you, you you aren't taught and it is all demonized it's all well, some of that literally some of it is literally you're told it's demons right mm-hmm. um from like your mental health having a panic attack that's a demon you know whatever it's mm-hmm. all being gay that's a demon you know like it's all it's all mm-hmm. demons so and trauma uh, like i learned in my master's mm-hmm. level class yep, yep. is actually demons and that is culty my friends yes really really culty <laughs> And the documentary gets into a little bit, it uh, talks a little bit about Scientology and how, like, Tom Cruise was kind of this recruiter for Scientology. And I thought it was interesting that they were making the comparison because I've long thought Scientology is a cool. I actually had a roommate once who was, like, just getting out of Scientology. And we watched, like, the Jim Jones documentary, and she had a big freak out because she was like, people say that, like, how I was raised, that that's a cult. And I remember at that time feeling, like, bad. I'm like, oh, that sucks that you were, like, raised in a cult. Mm. I remember thinking that. And <laughs> right. now I'm older and I know. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my oh, gosh. We, now I should reach out to her and have some solidarity. Like, we were both right? different. <laughs> right. Too, too many cults. There are just too many of them. Uh, well, and I think that's the thing, like, thinking about um, – um, thinking about Scientology and having actors, right, as sort of like the bringing people in. And this, I think, was, like you said, people were fascinated. And then they're like, oh, actually, this family works well. Like, they, you know, they can get 19 people's worth of laundry done in right. a day. And, like, there's, you know, peace. And there's, like, there are these roles they have that seems to create this, you know, things work smoothly. And I think, like, draws people in and they mentioned in the show, you know why the docuseries is called shiny happy people is because everyone their perception of the duggars was that they don't fight that the mom and dad are at peace with everything it's just like they give everything to the lord even at one point they're showing you know michelle with her 20th pregnancy you know she's very ill and they have to maybe it's the night no the 19th pregnancy she has to have an emergency c-section and the baby's delivered like three months early and jim bob's crying and just basically being like either way it's a blessing from god and i'm like Mm -hmm. so if your wife just drops dead right now because you guys just believe she needs to pump out children forever and it's just wild to me the the rhetoric that the way that they aren't able to just be sad about something how it has to be you know mm-hmm. glorifying to the lord or you know right. i'm sure we'll get into the glorification of suffering it always comes back to the I, I we talk about it quite a bit on the holy ghosting podcast and it is not my favorite part of evangelicalism and i think that it is what leads people to so much of this of what we're talking about um the obsession with obedience and authority and gender roles but and also the glorification of suffering. I like it makes a really nice little concoction that um, is not great for people and leads to abuse. Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess, where we'll get into the the episode. This is where we'll get. If you're not ready to hear about uh, sexual abuse, that you might want to skip this part or just end the episode now because the episode that we watched. The first episode does end talking about Josh Duggar and his allegations of um, child. But pedophilia. Yeah, uh, just like sexual abuse yeah. of um, his younger sisters and... Um, Maybe others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, right. And how it was covered up by the mm-hmm. family and it is... 
Yeah, it's pretty heavy stuff. The episode does jump around a little bit about, so the eldest of the Duggars is Josh Duggar. And he, yeah, he gets into politics. He works for some conservative think tank. He works for the Family Research Council, which was founded by Dr. Dobson. Oh. Um, also founded by, um, I, if I'm getting my facts right, uh, the guy who created ABA therapy uh, for autistic people that like basically like punished them into being neurotypical. But oh, um, so yeah, like and a, so and then you add Josh Duggar to the mix. It's a what a toxic mix of mm-hmm. of horrible men. Um, yeah. So it, at some point comes out that so a lot of this is narrated through uh, Jim Holt, the uh, Jim Bob's best friend, and these people were part of IBLP and had eight children of. Yeah. And their daughter married Josh? So I don't think they actually got... I need to do my research on this. It sounds like... I could be wrong. It was... They dated, but I think when all this went down... I see. That fell apart. Okay. Is what I think. Got it. So Um, they courted. So they courted, and Jim Bob had basically, like, the parents... It's essentially evangelical arranged marriage. Mm -hmm. And... um, when it came out that Josh had um, sexually abused some of his younger sisters, the the parents of the girl that was supposed to marry Josh went to the Duggars and were upset, obviously. And they were like, were you going to tell us? And they were like, yeah, after they got married. Mm-hmm. And- Josh was going to confess after they got married. Right. And so the dad, I wrote down this quote because the dad said something like, you are... Um, so essentially you were using my daughter as a carrot to like entice Josh to be better, mm-hmm. to like do the right thing, get on the straight and narrow, get married and like not have any of this come out. So f- they didn't spell it out explicitly. My understanding was that that then courtship fell apart. I th- That piece of like, you know, they'll get married and then sh- he'll confess to her. Like for one, like, we know what that means. I well, I know what that means, which is like in a setting where like divorce is not an option. Yep. Right. She's stuck with him. Exactly, and um, it just really speaks to. I know for me in evangelical spaces, so much of like, especially men being abusive or having whatever problems, like marriage is the solution, which like just puts that on women in this horrible way. Um, it just felt really familiar in a way. Yeah, familiar and gross. Like that women are just supposed to stick with abusive people no mm-hmm. matter what. Because God can redeem anyone. That's right. the messaging. And that's the weird thing. The Duggars weren't even saying. And they just treated it like he was fine. It just seems like they just straight up didn't deal with it. Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right. All. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, that was like they, they sent him away. Um, but that's not the same as treatment. Like that's not the same, uh, you know, treatment or um, like holding him accountable or creating safeguards, like any of that. Yeah. Um, like what he came and back to their house and lived with their daughters. Mm-hmm, right. And then yeah. filmed a TV show about it, mm-hmm. which is Buck wild. And then they sent Josh away. Right. To and, go, yeah, to go work at IBLPs. Like, troubled youth program yes right yeah um and also another piece the another reason that jim holt was upset is worth mentioning because it's just like this feels like i see this everywhere uh jim bob had written a law that's right right about how sex offenders should be listed on like a website so people can look it up yeah it's like the public directory of sex offenders and jim holt went to uh, Jim Bob and said, your son qualifies right. under this. Uh-huh. And Should be on the website. So they all went together to the mm-hmm. police station to report Josh. And I guess the police officer was like, took his story and was like, okay, well, we'll let you off this time, but don't do it again. And then when Jim Holt got home, he realized it was a friend. Right. The of state the trooper was a friend of the Duggars. And so it was, it was just like a whole like ruse, basically. Yeah, swept just... under the rug. Like, didn't. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. What was shocking to me is this all occurred before they even started the TLC show. Yes. Like, Correct. I like just hearing this in headlines and stuff. I was like, I thought this was something that was unearthed later, which it was unearthed by the public later. This should not be surprising to me. Yeah. That they knew, and basically, uh, he was at this like troubled youth program when they were going to start filming, and they brought him back early mm-hmm. 
so that it would look like things were okay. Right. And and Jim Holt, I think, had made the point that people are going to ask questions where he is and what he's because you guys are just telling people he's doing ministry. And if anyone does any sort of digging, they're going to figure out that he's at this like troubled youth camp or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I feel bad. I feel horrible for all of those girls. Um, it's just. I'm glad it came to light eventually, and I think that that was the, the thing that was like maybe the most heartbreaking in the show is, is that the the daughter Jill, who did come forward, I assume is one of the victims, mm-hmm. but she wasn't even able to, and she kept saying that like this wasn't supposed, nobody was supposed to know this, and she was like, I wish that no one knew, right. and that is heartbreaking because it's obviously if no one knew then justice wouldn't happen and he wouldn't be charged but i think it's more the sh- the shame and the embarrassment i don't i don't know i don't mm-hmm. know what it is but clearly she's not ready to talk about that at mm-hmm. all and doesn't want other people talking about it yeah um and watching it um it really in a lot of ways it felt very familiar to me i was sexually abused by a family member um a family member that like reminds me a lot of josh duggar in a lot of ways um, and it was wild watching this part because I was like, these phrases and the way that they're saying it is like, is there like a playbook? Yes, there is for like dysfunctional families that are like, we are not going to actually look at what's going on. And it fits again into that idea of like, all right, if you just have the right gender roles, if you discipline in the right way, like then everything will be fine. And then something like this comes up and there's no emotional intelligence or skills or knowledge of like, how do we actually, you know, help um, this not happen? How do we respond? How do we, I mean, what really made me mad is like, I guess I thought about this, like maybe the documentary needs to go this way because it's about Josh. Mm -hmm. Like Josh is the one that did it. Right. And we don't, I don't know the details about the victims, survivors. Yeah. But it was really infuriating. Like I just felt angry being like, now it's, the story now is about him. It doesn't center the actual experience of the people that were abused. And I think that the people who are abused have been conditioned to just be quiet and obey. And especially because they're women, they're not given positions of authority. They're not allowed to come forward and speak their truth. And Bill Gothard doesn't give them – there's none of his principles for basic living or biblical living or whatever it is tell them how to deal with this, right? They're, they have no map for this. Mm-hmm. They have a map for, like, success and the pr- prosperity gospel and, like, how to shelter your children from the world. From the world. But, yeah, they, they are promised. Like, they are literally promised that if you raise your children this way, they will grow to be godly men and women mm-hmm. who then go on to have many babies and cover the world with their Christian white babies. And the sad thing is, is clearly that's not, true and we've seen that over and over and over again and the Duggars are just one very small example of it but they're very famous examples and he sullied their good name right he he wrecked their image of this beautiful happy peaceful perfect family and I have a feeling that we're just like starting I mean obviously we're obviously just starting with the docuseries there's more to come but I I do wonder as these kids get older I I think that we've hit the tip of the iceberg Mm -hmm. with them and probably with people in the Gothard Institute and you know I know I'm sure some of you I'm on I'm on Dobson talk which is <laughs> I don't know how I no, I do know how I got there so we interviewed DL on Holy Ghosting about neurodivergence uh and the evangelical church and uh had a clip go relatively viral and let me tell you the, all TikTok serves me now is people angry at Dr. Dobson and I'm not I am not mad about it because I'm also angry at Dr. Dobson he sucks so <laughs> just I, I'm fine with that but yeah the, I feel like the world is kind of waking up to or our generation is waking up to the harms of these kinds of teachings and if, if I can keep hammering at this nail say that this is normal for evangelicalism the Duggars are not the exception mm-hmm. and I think that if any of you are watching this uh, which if you're listening to this, you probably are, then you're probably feeling as angry and sad as we are. Like, it's not a fun hang <laughs> to no, watch this. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I was, I'm so glad that they're doing this series. I don't know what the rest of the series is going to be like, the following three episodes, but it seems like they really struggled to find people in the, that grew up in Gothard's, uh, you know, cult to talk about it. Yeah. 
And so they're all still in it. Yeah. I'm hoping that this is an era where people can watch that and be like, oh, like I can kind of come to grips with this a little bit um, and find some healing, find some hope that life, you know, could be different. Um, Yeah. yeah. But it's it's a lot to grapple with. I have a feeling that anyone who listens to either of our podcasts or was listening to this crossover podcast is probably feeling a lot of the same things that we are and has probably deconstructed at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. None of this is new is the thing watching this. It's all stuff that I know and I know it really well, but it never ceases to like enrage and frustrate and sadden. It's still – and I think knowing how far – like I think sometimes when you're hit with the recentness of all, like that this shit still happens because it's easy to put it like I'm 41 years old. So sometimes I'm like, well, that was the 80s, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's still happening in 2023. So, yeah, hopefully things like this docuseries shed some light and, um, you know, my hope is that some people get the heck out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I'm so glad that we got to talk about this, just like kind of process it because we both grew up adjacent slash smack dab in the middle of this. <laughs> um, and we're excited to keep talking as the as the series goes on. You can watch all of them right now. Yes. Um, but we're going to be discussing week by week because that would be too much to uh, to sit down and watch. I can't do all four episodes at once. That's, no. that's too much. And and for those of you who just want to listen along and not watch, we we get that to the the, the DLs of us out there. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I can handle it, but it's, like I said, it's it's not it's not a fun hang. And I will say there was one thing in the preview for next week. I, it seems like next week I say that as if it's not. Out already right. for the next episode it looks like they get into the homeschool of it all and there's a quote from some of the other interview and she was like you can spot a homeschooler from a mile away and i am here to tell you that that is not true because i've spent my entire fucking life trying to get away from the stereotypical image of a homeschooler i do, people are shocked when they find out that i was homeschooled mm-hmm. so i just want you to know that i am not that person okay so <laughs> <laughs> And I was homeschooled for a very long time. Did I have some awkward years when I was homeschooled? Yes, you could have spotted me. But now, no. You want me to put – we'll put your Instagram link in the show notes to, <laughs> as proof to be like, look, I'm not a total nerd. <laughs> I feel like that's what you're trying to say here. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Yes. I'm not a total nerd. I was, okay, but uh-huh. I got there eventually, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I'm a missionary kid who still is awkward in social situations. So, <laughs> but we are really excited to keep going with this just because it's so important to talk about in process. And we'll look forward to being with y'all next time. <laughs>